following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Grab your Bible this morning. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 9. Before we get rolling, let's ask God to bless this time in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we trust your word. Lord, we trust the God who's behind it, the one who wrote it, and the one who, who wants us to understand it. Lord, I ask that this day, Lord, that you would open our understanding, help us Lord, to gain those things that are going to be needful in our lives. And Lord, help us to listen to you. And we'll thank you and praise you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Starting in verse 9, the Bible says, Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing, that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, Yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge, in all these things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. I want to take my uh, text from verse 11 there, where it talks about what carefulness, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, uh, what vehement desire, what fear, what revenge, what zeal, these things that come along with a genuine, good, solid dose of salvation. All right? There's some people out there that have a, a wishy-washy, pray-a-little-prayer salvation that doesn't make a difference in their lives, that doesn't do anything for them. But God says, if you have a genuine salvation, it's going to rot in you, uh, as, as it says here, <clears throat> these particular things. Now, <clears throat> if you look through this list, um, you know, indignation, fear, uh, revenge, those kinds of things don't seem to be right, but, but just um, go along with me and we'll, uh, we'll explain all these things and see what God wants us to understand about what comes along with a good, genuine, solid dose of salvation in our lives. All right, first off, it talks about what carefulness. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like pastor. We're going to go through the, the 1828 Webster's Dictionary definitions of these so that you can understand um, what we're talking about. It says, carefulness is heedfulness, caution, 
vigilance in guarding against evil and providing for safety. All right? <clears throat> Carefulness doesn't mean um, that we're uh, that we're thinking about stuff all the time and we're worried and we're that. Carefulness means that we're just taking care to do the right thing, that we want to make sure that we guard ourselves against evil coming back into our lives once we get born again. And it's so easy to happen. We need to be careful. Our lives need, you know, we need to walk carefully, walk circumspect as the Word of God teaches us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians 12, look at verse 25. The Bible says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. An important factor in this carefulness in our lives is that we don't need to just be careful about ourselves. It's not a selfish, um, just watching out for number one type of care. It's that once you get born again, once you have a good dose of, of genuine Bible, gospel, Baptist salvation, there's going to be a difference in your life and you're going to care about the people around you especially those in God's house. We need to care for one another. We need to, now, now that, um, that care needs to show itself not in, in sticking our nose in everybody's business, all right? There's, <laughs> there's going too far with it. But caring about one another. Um, when, when someone shares a prayer request, um, we need to genuinely care that we, we do pray for those people and that we, we work in, you know, that we make sure that we are working with God to be a blessing to those people and care to the folks around us. It's important. Um, that's, that's the fellowship, that's the, the power that keeps us together serving the Lord faithfully. That's important. So we need to understand that. Look, if you would, in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Look at verse 8. <clears throat> this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. When we get a good, genuine dose of salvation, we care to do those good works. Now, our good works, um, I'll be honest with you, coming to church faithfully is not a good work, all right? Coming to church faithfully is um, ab absolute necessary maintenance on our lives. We need to be in God's house. We're not here um, to be a blessing, although when pastor looks out and sees 
holes where people are or if Chloe moves around or something like that. Um, it, it, it makes a, a difference in his encouragement. But the reality is we need to do good works. We need to care and we need to take great care in it. We need to, to not just, um, well, I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm just going to try uh, helping somebody out by uh, doing it my way and that. We, we need to, to pray about it and ask God what, what's necessary. But we need to be involved in doing those things that are right. When we're, it's time for uh, canvassing to get people to come along, we need to, to jump in and be involved. When it's time to, um, to um, work and, and labor to, uh, to increase our, our numbers or to build people up, we need to talk to the people we work with, the people we uh, rub shoulders with during the week, not physically, but... Um, <laughs> but the ones that we're in contact with and invite them to come to the house of God, come to be with us uh, down uh, here at the house of God. We need to, to be careful to maintain those good works and we need to do it right, not just, not just with a bad attitude. That's, it's real easy. I, I've got a teenage son, all right? Uh, and there's a lot of times when he'll do what he's told but his attitude isn't what it should be. And he got that from his dad because I do the same thing. Uh, don't we all? Oh, man, I got to go down and do this. But God wants us to do it with a cheerful heart, with a joyful countenance, with a, uh, a lighthearted, uh, fervent desire to serve the Lord. Not just because we have to go through the rigmarole of everything that th this is what being a Christian is. I got to do all these things. No, that's not the way it is. We need to be careful. We need to have care that we do those things and do them the right way. Look, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 24. The Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. One of the most important things that we need to do when we're um, among God's people is to encourage one another, to build one another up. Um, so many uh, of these um, flashy churches out there um, in this town and all over, um, it's about who can have the most expensive suit or what lady can have the biggest hat or um, what fashion you wear, you know, who can... Who can have the best tennis shoes? Or, uh, no, it, what's important is we need to think of others. We need to think of those around us and exhort. Exhort means to build up, to help one another, just, just to be better than we were before, to, to think about, on how we can be an encouragement one to another, and especially at the house of God. And this is, this is what comes along 
with a good dose of salvation, a desire to do this. Now, we may not be perfect at, at accomplishing that desire, but um, we should get good grades for effort, you know? We should, uh, I remember back in the, when I was in school, when they'd hand out that, um, that chunk of, of granite with my grades uh, ch chiseled into it uh, in there, but they had uh, your, uh, your attitude grades in the bottom, you know, how well you did. You know, you may get straight A's, but you got straight A's with, um, with a stinking attitude or, or what, what you did there. Listen, God is more, more interested in us doing it the right, for the right reasons, for having our heart in the right place and for trying. And then God loves us enough to where he will work in our lives to help us perfect our care one for another. All right? There's some times when we are trying to help somebody out um, that we mess it up, <laughs> that we say the wrong things. Um, if, I, if I never opened my mouth, I'd, I'd be in a whole lot less trouble. My mouth gets me in trouble more than anything else. Um, half the time because they, people misunderstand what I mean when I say it, and the other half of the time because I didn't say it right in the first place. But God wants us to, to have this carefulness, this carefulness that he rots in us or works in us, that he, he functions in us so that we can care one for another, so that we can uh, have this kind of attitude. That's what God has, has foreordained, that this is what we're supposed to have. So carefulness, that's something that comes with salvation. dry sermon. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for the hard stuff. <laughs> Pastors using water. No, I'm, I'm, that, that nasty bottled water. I mean, tap water is much healthier for you. Okay. <laughs> Point number two. Uh, let's go back to uh, 2 Corinthians 7. It says, For behold, this selfsame thing, that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves. This clearing is a purifying, removing foul matter, encumbrances, or obstructions, cleansing, liberating. All right? God puts within all born-again, uh, Bible-believing people a desire to clean ourselves up, to, to wash out the filth, to start taking the stuff away um, that, that isn't doing us any good. We want to be clean before the Lord. We want to, and we're not talking about physical cleanliness, all right? Um, I'm sure everybody um, understands that um, in order for us to, to function well together, personal hygiene is a necessity. But it's not talking about that kind of, of purifying. It's talking about taking the, the filth that was in our lives and getting rid of it. 
One of the problems we have, though, is after we get saved, after we, uh, we, we've been cleansed on an official level, all our sins are forgiven, we still pick up some filthiness. We still get a little bit of the world here and there. Um, when uh, Jesus was talking, at, uh, he was getting ready to wash the disciples' feet, um, and he just... Uh, he said, uh, you know, Peter, sit down. I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter said, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Who? Yeah, this, you know, I'm not going to do it. And Jesus said, listen, if you don't pay attention and do it the way I say, <clears throat> you're not going to have any part in this. He says, okay, then wash my whole body. <laughs> and if I had been Jesus, I'd have smacked him. <laughs> I said, listen, no. You've picked up some filth on your feet from walking along. You don't need a whole bath. I'm not here to give you a bath. I'm here just to pick up the world that's cleaving unto you. And it's so easy for us in our lives to just let the world latch on and, and things of the world and, and, and um, all the entertainments that the world offers out there. We can just um, go ahead and, and, and well, dabble a little bit in this and that. But, but God says, no, there should be a desire in your heart for a cleansing from the inside out. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11. It says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. All right? We need to not fellowship with the unfruitful fruitful works of darkness, all right? I'm, one of the key words in that is unfruitful. Do you realize that, that we waste so much of our Christian lives on things that don't accomplish anything, that don't, uh, that don't build up anybody, that don't help? Um, we just spend so much of our time on stuff that doesn't accomplish anything. It's unfruitful. It's worthless. Um, <clears throat> my wife loves to garden. All right. She's, uh, we haven't been able to for the last three years because this drought, we got, we have a choice. We can either um, flush our toilets or we can water the garden. I choose flush the toilets. Okay because we just don't have the water in our well to be able to support the other side of it. But in the process of, of gardening, she gets out every morning. I get up overly 30 to go to work. She gets up with me. She goes out and she works in the garden until it gets hot. And then she comes back in the house. <clears throat> if she didn't go out and dig out the weeds around everything, <clears throat> she would not get a fruitful bountiful harvest when it comes time for that. I know this because I watch her, not because I know anything about gardening. All I know is I'm supposed to run the tiller um, to get it ready. 
and I've been glad that I haven't had to do that the last three years. But anyway, <clears throat> the reality is there are weeds in our lives. There are things that draw away our attention. And what we need to do is we need to be careful to not allow those unfruitful works of darkness, those unfruitful things that draw away from the Lord, those things that, that eat up our time. It's a shame when we don't have time to read our Bibles, but we can watch tons and tons of TV or spend hours watching things on our phones. I don't, um, I, I don't know how to watch things on my phone. Very, I, you know, I can uh, do a few things, but the reality is we can allow so many things into our lives that, that defile us, that make us dirty again. Is these unfruitful works of, of unrighteousness are waiting there just to try to, to sneak in. Look at Psalm 50, uh, excuse me, yes, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. We want to look at verse 7. Now this is David after um, Nathan has come to him, um, identified him and his sin with Bathsheba and that. David's working on getting his heart right with God in this psalm. And he says in verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. We need to understand that we have a desire in us, if we're born again, to cleanse our lives. But if we do it in the power of the flesh, we're wasting our time. We need God's help to do it. All right? Um, uh, the um, Sloan is just a little fella, all right? He doesn't know how to take a bath on his own, all right? He, he needs somebody to help him and wash him and get him clean. <clears throat> we're in similar situations when we become a, a child of God. We're a babe in Christ, and we need God's help to cleanse us. We need God to say, hey, this has got to go and that, you know, this can stay, but you have to fix it by doing that. We need to be in contact with God. And the way we get in contact with God to know what needs to be cleansed and what, what needs to be uh, put out of our lives comes from spending time in his word. That's where it comes from. That's where God identifies those things. Now, fortunately, we have an additional um, laundromat that we go to on a regular basis. Um, pastor is here to help us out with that. And he can identify some areas of our lives where cleansing needs to be made. And he's not afraid to do so. He mentions it uh, as we go along. Uh, and so it's important that we understand that we need to be cleansed by God. And a significant amount of this cleansing is not necessarily finding a way to get rid of something, but it's, it's to 
yield to God to say, God, I don't want this in my life anymore. God, I want this, I want these, this, um, this weed or this leech or this, this terrible thing that's, that's working in my life. I need it to be gone. I need it to be taken away. God, help me to be able to, to move this out of my life. And I give it to you. Now, it's so easy to give it to God and then pick it up as we leave. Sometimes we have to, to do it on a regular basis. And that's why a lot of times things that, that, um, that we need keep getting um, given again and again and again from the pulpit. Because God's working on trying to get us clean trying to get us um, cleansed and, and this clearing of ourselves, this purifying, um, it, it works all through our Christian lives. Some of us uh, may, may have been saved for years and years and years and years, but it's amazing that it doesn't, you know, our, our cleanliness does not mean that we've achieved some level of, of, um, of spirituality where we're we're cleaner than anybody else we're all made of the same flesh we're all prone to lean ourselves to um to all kinds of of sinful activities and wrong things things that that take things away from us and we need to be cleansed we need to become whiter than snow and that happens through our relationship with the lord coming to god and saying god I blew it again here, um, spending time in prayer with God. Let God identify the, th the things that need to be cleansed in our lives through his word. But then we need to come to God in prayer and ask God for the help and, and, and yield our, ourselves and our, our problems to the Lord and let him cleanse those things out of our lives. And there's a principle here that's important too. Um, if we have a habit of some kind, that particular habit that in, in cases our lives, we say, Lord, I don't want to have this habit anymore. And we set it aside. We need to take the hole where that habit used to be <clears throat> and fill it with something good. Fill it with something righteous. Fill it with uh, prayer time. Fill it with um, uh, witnessing to people. Fill it with um, studying the word of God better. Fill it with um, caring for other people and uh, those kinds of things. If we don't fill that hole, that gap of the, that thing out of our lives, then we'll just suck whatever was in there um, before back in that hole. We need to make sure we fill the holes. <clears throat> All right, winter's over. There's potholes out in the road, and they've, they've come along, and they've filled them in. Um, we were going, uh, we took Anakin home last Sunday uh, to our place, um, and when we were driving out there, he says he was thrilled that we got on the gravel road because he loves the bumps. All right, he, he just loves that vibration when you're driving on in the gravel road. Me, not so much, because <laughs> uh, I know what it's doing to my vehicle. Uh, but the reality is <clears throat> when we can fill in those holes, it makes things smoother. 
and it makes us that we are more successful in getting clean. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 5. First Corinthians five. <clears throat> Look at verse thirteen. The Bible says, But them that are without God judgeth. Therefore put away from among you among yourselves that wicked person. All right. Here's another principle. Um, pastors. Uh, favorite phrase on this is um, evil communications corrupt good manners. <laughs> we need to make sure that we spend time around wholesome people. We need to make sure that we, f we maximize our fellowship with those who are going to be a help to us. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't witness to people. It doesn't mean that, oh, I'm, I've got a job, but there's somebody in my job who's a heathen. All right? <laughs> doesn't mean you have to give up your job and only work with godly Christians. But whenever we have the opportunity, if you see that somebody is affecting you in the negative side of things, is drawing you away from the things of God, we need to, we need to reconsider our friendships. We need to reconsider what time we spend with people who are, are damaging our lives. We need to be careful about those things. Now, as a parent, you know, I, I'm uh, really bad about that. I, may, I try to, to be careful about who the kids spend time with. But I need to be just as careful as the kids are. You know, oh, but I'm, I'm old and set in my ways, and I, I won't uh, be affected. Oh, yes, I will. And we need to be careful that we have... Um, relationships with people that will be a help and if we find a relationship that is not helpful we need to work on that we need to uh, we, we need to uh, maybe uh, look at at maximizing our time with more godly people that's an important thing Zechariah chapter 3 Zechariah chapter 3, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. 
So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested <clears throat> unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and thou shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. <clears throat> God gives us a picture here of a high priest who's got filthy garments and Satan standing by to accuse him, saying, this guy is, is vile, he's worthless, he's good for nothing. And when we're talking about a high priest, the high priest is supposed to be an example of righteousness. The high priest is, is supposed to show everybody else how to do it right. And so um, here's Joshua, the high priest. <clears throat> He's in a bad situation, but God says, you know, I've cleansed you from your sin. I've taken your iniquity away. And I'm going to get rid of these old filthy garments. I'm going to take them, you know, it, you don't want this kind of filth on you anymore. He takes off and he starts all new again, puts new clothing on him. And he says, now, here's what I want you to do. Go serve me. Go judge my people. Walk in my ways. Do those things that are right. But you have to make sure that the cleansing comes first. You, you, we, too often, we have a desire to, um, to hold a position or to uh, be in charge of something or, or, or something like that. And God wants us to make sure that first off, we've got ourselves prepared to do that job. And that's why he gives us leadership in our local church so that the pastor knows whether we're ready for this or not, whether we're ready to take on these, these challenges and these jobs. And it's too easy for us to say, well, you know, how come, how come I'm not being used or how come I'm not where I ought to be or, or how come, and, and it, it comes down a lot of times to the fact that we're still in the growing stages of our, our, uh, of our new Christian life, and we need to get some things cleaned up first. We need, before we can witness to somebody, we need to know the gospel pretty well. Before we can uh, take on a, a heavy responsibility, we need to have all the tools necessary to do it. And a lot of that comes from the fact that we need to be a clean vessel ready for the Lord to use. That's what sanctification is all about. Sanctification is having a clean tool, a clean glass, a clean whatever, <clears throat> ready for God to use. And so God wants us to be clean. He wants us to, to, to be cleansed. All right, back to 2 Corinthians. says, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation. All right, indignation. Extreme anger mingled with contempt, disgust, and abhorrence for sin 
and unrighteousness. That's an attitude that God wants us to have, is we need to see sin. Now, we don't need to go, you know, you see somebody walking down the street smoking a cigarette, you don't need to slap it out of their hand and say, you shouldn't be doing that. All right, that's not, that's not what God's talking about. We need to first off turn these things internally. It needs to be us. We need to know that we need to keep the sin and unrighteousness and the, and the terrible things out of our lives. We need to have a hatred for sin and a love for righteousness. God wants that to be a, a natural part of our lives. Look at Job 42. Job 42, we're going to start in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? <clears throat> Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things, I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee, and uh, of the hearing of, thine, of the ear. Now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. All right, Job's saying this. <laughs> I took a good look at God took a good look at, at, at what, what God is and, and the kind of God that it is. And when I compared myself to that, I found that I am horrible. I hate me. I hate the things that are going on in my life. I have a hatred for the unrighteousness that lives in my life. And I want to be that image of God. God says that he's predestinated those of us who are born again to be conformed to the image of God's son. And God wants us to, to cooperate in that. The attitude necessary is for us to get a hatred, not, not just a, a, a dislike. He wants us to actually hate sin in our own lives. All right? He wants us to just look at this stuff that, that is eating away at us. There's too many people who, uh, there was a, a guy in the na Navy I was with, um, and he, he was from one of these um, charismatical, um, fancy-dancy, hoot-and-holler churches. And uh, he, uh, he was a heavy smoker. And I was, he was talking to me about uh, something, and I said, well, when are you going to give up smoking? He says, when God wants me to get rid of the cigarettes, he'll take away the desire. That's not what salvation does. The desire has gone. We need to, to let God take those things and, and, 
and give us a hatred for him. Not just a, a dislike, not just a, and whether it's, whether it's tobacco, whether it's um, alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's um, rock and roll music or um, whatever it is, whatever's in our life that is, is not of God, that's not godly, we need to get an attitude where we say, I hate it. I hate having this in my life and I want to do right. I want to go the right direction. I want to do what God wants me to do. Jeremiah 31. Look at verses 18 and 19. I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus. Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised. As a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke, turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Surely after that I was turned, I repented, and after that I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. <clears throat> when God points out things in our lives that are wrong, we need to cooperate. We need to, to say, yes, Lord, and we need to allow him to, to just give us the right attitude for it and, and, and take it in, in stride the, to improve ourselves, to, to look for accomplishing righteousness. Too many of us Christians have reached a level of complacence. We're, we're, we're spiritual enough to, to be happy we don't want to go to the next level. We're, we're okay where we're at. We're doing all right. We're, we're following here. And God says, you're nowhere near where I want you to be. Your, your attitude isn't the right thing. And we say, but, but we're, you know, I can compare myself with other people. He, if we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are, are not wise. That's what God says. And we need to have the right attitude. We need to have the right um, thing in our lives that, that helps us to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. And it's going to take a work. We're going to have to realize that Christian growth never stops. Spirituality is never something that we have attained. It's always something that we're working toward. And we need to move the next step. And we need to have a good, close relationship with God so that he can be in charge of doing that. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Let's look at verse 14. It says, Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored until the going down of the sun to deliver him. Now this is, 
this is King, uh, the Darius, the king of, uh, he's a wicked, evil king of Babylon, uh, actual media Persia, but um, he likes Daniel, but he let his other advisors talk him in to uh, making a decree that put Daniel in a bad situation, but Daniel did what was right. Daniel followed the path that was correct, and Daniel, because of this, was thrown into the den of lions, and the, the king said, whoops, that's not what I meant to happen. That's not the way it was, and he realized that the wicked men had affected him. The the people who weren't weren't righteous, who weren't doing the things that God, the way God wanted them done. When that happened, he he was mad at himself. All right, that's a good attitude because we need to get mad at ourselves when we allow unrighteous people to affect us toward unrighteousness. We need to get the right attitude. We need to allow God to be a part of everything that we do. We need to put ourselves in his hands. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, we want to look at verse 26. The Bible says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The anger that we need to have is towards sin. All right? It's not, this is not that, well, I can, I can be righteously indignant, you know, that... Uh, that's here. We, can, uh, we can't raise up insurrection against our government in the name of, uh, of this is what we ought to be doing. Uh, we need to, to make sure that we are taking a look at ourselves and seeing where we're finding ourselves not fulfilling everything that needs to be done. We need to find out that it is us who is the problem. And if we conform ourselves to the image of God by God's power, then we can be victorious in this. We can come out the other side. Now, you probably noticed something that we're not anywhere near through with this. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pick up this evening service and, and finish this off. But I want us to understand God wants us to have the right attitude. And these things are what is expected. This is, these are the kinds of things that God has laid out that this is what's supposed to happen if what we have is a genuine, true salvation in Christ Jesus. These attitudes and these expectations are what God is, has put in there. And these, by the way, are gifts that God gives us so that we can live righteously for him. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. 
If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.